Yeah, you know, totally. You know what fucking rules about him though is even though he uses all this, all this like really hackneyed, uh, like brain liquefying marketing speak. I, I was thinking about this today. He's a thousand times more interesting than someone like like Elon Musk. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Who is sure. who is just like an amalgamation of like Reddit shit. You know, in a flesh shape, like. But but Nathan is Nathan is real. <laughs> Man. Yeah, he's a truly unique personality. <laughs> yes. And that's, I guess, maybe this is the time to get back around to my thing I wanted to say earlier of just like, if he wasn't rich, I feel like he would be like a genuinely like good guy. But then once we get to the Hollywood part, which is where we're at after the marketing stuff, you kind of see how like being a rich guy insulates you from learning any lessons ever of like, he goes to Hollywood <laughs> on a whim being like, I'm going to make it in movies, even though I can't act. I don't know what a director does. I have no connections, no experience, etc. And after six months, he has to leave and go back to Saudi Arabia because he never gets a job. He never gets a green card. He doesn't really accomplish anything. Yeah. And then he walks away being very proud of himself and going back <laughs> to his siblings and being like, wow, I changed the world. And it's like any normal person in that situation would have started to learn their lessons of, he'd be like, fuck, I got to get a job. You know, I got to get by somehow. Yeah, but I'm he not, just didn't have I'm to do anything. Good at this shit. <laughs> yeah, he just like failed and barely, it's so weird. That's like when those privileges start to add up on each other again and again, where he thinks he's like a genius for having accomplished nothing. Yeah. What does he accomplish in Hollywood? So I know, Raina, you started talking about the one... Um, the acting classes. Oh yeah, he goes to one. He goes to audit one acting class, uh, <laughs> and and it's a three hour acting class. And then his phone rings in the middle of it, and the teacher kicks him out. And he's like, "I failed already. I've barely begun." And then he goes back and signs up to audit the same class again, and then like paints it like he's some kind of hero who won't give up. And it's like you're not even paying for the actual class. You're just going to see yeah. it to see if you want. To. It's called grinding. Yeah, yeah. It's called putting in the work. Oh. What are the chances that he actually tried to answer the call? Oh, super oh, he, high. Sure. <laughs> Pretty high. Yeah. I can't talk. I'm at this acting class right now. It's really hard work. <laughs> yeah, I'm an actor. I'm in Hollywood, actually. Oh, well, he also... Oh, another... Uh, here's another uh, secretly I'm a rich guy thing. Is he just offhand? He gets there like his first day and he's like, as I'm driving around my Mustang convertible... You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then Another he's living, brand new car he's, he's just got suddenly. He's living right behind the Hollywood sign. <laughs> <laughs> like on the back of it? He yeah, behind the it. ladder? Yeah. He just parks yeah. his car there. And at, night, at night, he puts on his little nightcap and he climbs up a wooden <laughs> ladder to the, uh, one of the O's. A lot of famous <laughs> actors. That was where they lived when they first got to L.A. Yeah, that's right. The studios have put him, put him up right in the Hollywood sign. We're going to find out Nathan Masri is Banksy. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah and, a good cover. And the celebrities he's excited that he's around in Hollywood. He's like, I can't believe I'm living here in Hollywood with uh, celebrities like Lisa Vanderpump and Charlie Sheen. Those are the two he chooses. Incredible. Yeah. His whole approach is so weird. Like he has this passage where he goes, it was a sunny day with a temperature of 35 degrees Celsius in Burbank as I landed at Bob Hope Airport. I decided to begin my acting education immediately in the baggage claim. I went up to an American woman waiting for her suitcases and asked her, who is Bob Hope anyway? What? what? Yeah, this is one that of his very favorite that, passages. How is that acting? That's not acting. That's just <laughs> well, he's being learning a, about, an, he's learning about a, a celebrity. That's what is. But 
the next paragraph is stunning to me where it's it's just actually doing like the E1 bit where you just start reading Wikipedia as if it's something you're saying. Like the conversation <laughs> allegedly goes like this, where she was very obliging. Uh, she didn't know much about his history, but she knew he was an English-born American comedian and actor who had appeared in feature films and TV shows and was the first comedian to entertain active service American military personnel. I later learned he had made 57 tours for the USO between 1941 and 1991 and in recognition for his service was declared an honorary veteran of the United States Armed Forces in 1997 by an act of the U.S. Congress. It's just like straight copy-pasted probably. Uh, ellipsis citations needed. Yeah. Oh, that woman... Siri. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That must okay. have been Bob Hope's widow. She knew so much about Bob Hope. <laughs> there is another oh. great like Wikipedia conversation that he has about a famous person that happened a little bit earlier before he gets to Hollywood that we didn't mention yet. Uh, Princess Diana, he gets into a cab and mm. asks a guy in London um, about Princess Diana or the guy just starts telling him. And he, the cab driver apparently just starts going off, telling him the entire, like, history of Princess Di and all about Diana and Charles. And then is talking about how the royal family planned uh, Diana's death. And, like, it ends with, like, uh, she was pregnant with with Dodie's baby, they say. Imagine, a Muslim Englishman somewhere in line for the throne. That's the last thing the crown needed in this modern time. So it was a done thing, only it didn't quite go as planned. The driver and Dodie died instantly, but not the bodyguard who made it out alive, and not Diana, who was alive after the crash. The ambulance rushed her to a hospital 100 kilometers away instead of one nearby, and then they wrapped her body like a mummy. Why? No one ever knew the reason. That's the cab driver. And then here's Masri's reaction. Hearing this story... A tale of romance gone wrong, of lives destroyed by the illusion of love, filled me with oh appreciation <laughs> and gratitude. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that what? passage also is, like, so long. It's, like, five times longer than it should be. Yes. Incredible. And he, like, my thought whole... was that it's, like, a his Thomas Friedman moment of I, I was, was talking sh- to a cab driver. I was just going to say, this is uh, <laughs> this has the aroma of richly spiced lamb. Uh, Absolutely. Thomas Friedman, another guy who uh, has a complicated relation, who can't stop going back to Saudi Arabia for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> He he kind of claims to learn the hard knocks of Hollywood because he had a, this, you know, story he wanted made about a young man who moves to Saudi Arabia and he decides I want Goldie Hawn to yes. play the mother. Oh and yeah, so I love that. This right. is this is what he says. Casting Goldie Hawn in this film seemed right as the world mister on the big screen. From my marketing background, as per the focus group I conducted on, on, on Goldie Hawn, viewers in their late 20s who lived most of the 1990s have missed Goldie. When I got in touch with CAA, I told them I was the assistant to a prince of Saudi Arabia, and we had a movie we wished to present to Goldie Hawn at once. I was passed over directly to her agent, Fred. I told him that we had a treatment to present to Goldie and that attaching her name to Culture Clash would help us raise funds. Uh The first words out of Fred's mouth were, how much money have you already raised? Nothing at the moment, I admitted. He replied that once we had financing in place, he would assist in getting me whoever I wanted. (laughs) That is how Hollywood works. Finally, I understood that money was power, and all I had to do was raise the funds to get my Goldie Hawn. My <laughs> Goldie Hawn. Imagine being in that focus There's group. There's no way that focus group ever happened. Yeah. What would, they, what would that no, be like? Cheers. He would just be like, do you guys miss Goldie Hawn? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.